us today on episode number 146 of the Real Life Runners podcast. They say that insanity is repeating the same action and expecting different results. However, change is incredibly hard, so we tend to seek excuses and hold tightly to our self-imposed limits. But what if you decided to do something differently and actually change things up? What would your potential look like then? This is the Real Life Runners Podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. All right, so we just recently wrapped up one of our five-day challenges that was so much fun, and the whole idea of the challenge was to help people understand ways to run stronger, faster, and longer by changing up their training a little bit and doing things a little differently. Right, and that's that's where this whole episode really sprung from, is Mm -hmm. usually things coming up during the week kind of inspired the episode. And so that phrase of insanity is repeating the same action and expecting different results. I actually went through and tried to figure out who came up with it. It's attributed to Mark Twain all the time, but he did not say it. It wasn't him? No. I feel like he gets attributed, like a lot of quotes get attributed to him. It's not always him. Him or Einstein. Einstein also Mm. gets attributed that one very often. Mm. Like if you Google that phrase, you'll get a a pretty picture of either Einstein or Mark Twain Mm -hmm. and that phrase. And and it's neither of them. Right. Um, But it's been around for a long time because people kind of understand what that thing is. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, I've done this over and over and over again. If I just keep doing it a little bit more, then it's going to change. And that's not really always how training works, especially. No, definitely not how training works. So, you know, a lot of the times when we talk to our clients or the people that sign up for our challenges, a lot of people want to run faster or they want to run longer or they might just want to feel better when running. You know, that was... That's we get a, a lot of that one. A lot of that one. You know, like a lot of times, like there's usually a couple questions that I ask when people want to join the challenge and that basically is like, you know, what do you want to get out of this challenge? And then what's one thing that's holding you back? And a lot of times it's the aches and pains that a lot of people are experiencing as runners that are one of the things that hold them back. Yeah, and they throw it out there as like a wish. Oh, I wish that I could run longer. I wish that I could be faster. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just really want to be in shape. You know, um, this also springs up around like New Year's. I know we're nowhere close to New Year's, but when I yeah. was thinking about like, oh, I want to be able to run longer and faster and feel stronger. Like that's such a like December 31st kind of thing. Yeah, like, it is. It, it, it's it's a thing that we say, no one disagrees with it. Everyone's like, yeah, that's a great idea. I'm going to do that also. And we all mm-hmm. get on board. And then, you know, January 1st hits. Right. And we wake up exhausted and we're like, well, yeah, maybe I'll start tomorrow. Yeah, because, I mean, essentially those statements are, are very good jumping off points, but there's no inherent action in them. Like, yeah, I want to run faster. Okay, well, that's great. But then why aren't you just going to go do that? Like, and sometimes people have tried that before, you know, like maybe you've done that before. Maybe you've thought to yourself, you know what? I want to run faster. So I'm going to go out and I'm going to run faster. And I'm just going to push the pace every single time that I go out and run. I played that game for years. Yeah. I was like high school in my twenties. Mm-hmm. It was you just <laughs> you just kept going faster and yeah. faster, and it was neat because like on a random like Wednesday you'd be like, "Oh, I ran five miles faster than I ever have before." Mm-hmm. Like you'd get these like random wins along right. the way, and we see that a lot in the tribe too. All the you time. know, there's a lot of times people are posting in the tribe like, "I got my personal best today" or a personal record like out of the blue, and that's kind of like one of those indicators that like were you actually trying to get that or did that just happen because you just push yourself day after day after day day after day yeah. and then because you push yourself day after day then you got exhausted mm-hmm. so you took two off days right you, then you thought felt bad by taking two off days so then you pushed really hard on that mm-hmm. day you came back and boom there it was it was a pr yeah it wasn't because you push yourself extra hard it's probably because you actually took those off days probably because of the <laughs> off days yeah um so same thing right like okay so i want to run faster okay good then go run faster right um i want to run longer so a lot of times people go out and they just run longer, right? They decide, okay, well, you know what? I did two miles yesterday, so I'm going to do three miles today and I'll do four tomorrow and I'll do five and I'll just build up because I want to run longer. So that's what I'm going to do. Or they recently watched Forrest Gump and suddenly they're running across the country. (laughs) But like, you know, then what happens, right? Like without the proper base or the proper buildup, like many runners find themselves 
injured or burnt out because they're not following a plan. They're not following a system or a method. They're just haphazardly adding in speed or adding in distance and their body's not ready for it. Well, I mean, that's one of the biggest things that is, that shows up here is when you're, you're taking action just to say, look, I'm doing something mm-hmm. like it's, it's a step in the right direction beyond just saying, I want to be faster. Mm-hmm. At least you're, you're going out there and you're running faster. You're running yeah. farther, but like the, the motivation that you need to just get yourself out the door on those days, mm-hmm. if, if every day has to be faster or every day has to be longer, mm-hmm eventually you're fried yeah either physically because you know you push too hard too too much but Mm -hmm. definitely mentally like it's a matter of which one breaks down first yeah you know yeah for sure and so it's good because like it's sometimes hard because action provides us the power to change right like the action that's what actually causes the change at least that's what we think causes the change, right? We think that if we do the things, that's what's going to lead to the change. Um, and oftentimes it, it does, it is the, the actual thing, the catalyst behind that change, but really it's, it's our mindset, right? Like it's, it's what's happening behind the scenes. Yeah. Inside behind the scenes. That's really not only leading to that action, but also leading to that change. And you have to open yourselves mentally to that first before you're going to be able to take the actions that you need in order to change. Yeah. And I mean, it's the, it's that little step in between. I want to run faster. I want to run longer and then actually going out and doing it. It's that little part in between of, okay, how do I get from Mm -hmm. where I'm at to where I want to be? Mm -hmm. And it's not just leaping in and being like, all right, I'm just going to be faster. Cause like, yes, there's a mind shift of saying like, I'm, I'm, going to do things uh, that a faster person does or I'm going to be a runner Mm -hmm. so I'm just going to do the actions of a runner like totally on board with that Mm -hmm. one but you need to have some thought behind it like you need to have have some help along the way if you've never run if you've never run that long Mm -hmm. then don't just go out the door and be like all right today 15 miles like (laughs) yesterday was one today is 25 like that's not going to go well there needs to be some like some reasoning behind Mm -hmm. it yeah, and it's like the same thing that we see a lot of times with social media, right? A lot of times people post things on so in social media like inspirational quotes on their Instagram, right? And the beautiful yes. pictures. And it's like, okay, the, that quote makes you feel good, but are you acting accordingly? Like are you actually doing anything to align with what that quote is saying? Oh, I mean, how controversial you want to get? Be the change you want to see in this world? Yeah. Are you? Are you? Yeah. Like, what are you doing to be the change? Like, I mean, that's a fantastic quote, and that's definitely one that's been coming up the last few weeks. You see it all the time. You know, but what are you actually doing to be that change? Like, what actions are you taking? Um, And I think that it's, there's, there's so many ways that we can look at this, right? Like, action for the sake of action is not good. Like, you have to have thoughtful action. There has to be a plan. There has to be forethought to actually make those actions worthwhile to actually make the actions worthwhile. No, 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 you nailed that. I mean, it goes back to the opening thing Mm -hmm. of if you just keep doing the same thing and expecting different results, Mm -hmm. well, that's a little cuckoo birds. Um, (laughs) I, I, uh, ad lib the quote itself, you know? Um, but that, that's the same idea of someone who, Mm -hmm. who would put a quote like that. Someone who would say something like, you know, insanity is doing the same actions and expecting different results. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, but is that a person who's actually just going through the same day after day habits? Like they've mm-hmm. fallen into their routine. It sounds good to be like, yes, I'm going to change my life, but it's hard to change your life. Yeah. Like it's tricky to intelligently make those calls. Ooh, yeah. That, and I think that's the key right there, right? It's like doing so intelligently. So it's, it's moving beyond that safe statement. Like, you know, that the safe statement is like, I want to run faster. I want to run longer. And you're like, great. No one's going to disagree that. with that. Yeah. No Everyone's one's going to high five. Yeah. Everybody's going <laughs> to high five you and be on board with that. But then what happens when you move beyond that? Right? Because we say that's a safe statement because it is just a statement, right? There's not actually action behind it why do i want to keep like combining those two words because it's fun yeah (laughs) i'm gonna be like the actually action podcast so um 
you know, no one's going to look at you funny, like what you just said, right? If you say that you're, I want to go out and run faster. I want to run, you know, I want to get in better shape. People are going to be like, fantastic. And then you're like, okay, well, what does that look like then? Well, I mean, that's why I compared this back to like New Year's Eve resolutions. Mm-hmm. On December 31st, you know, you're, you're, you know, raising a glass and being like, this is going to be the year I get in the greatest shape mm-hmm. of my life. And everybody's like, yeah, me too. And then... Then what happens? Like, everybody agrees with the statement, I want to get better. And then you're like, okay. And then, you know, you put the glasses down and you're like, okay, so my plan is to actually sign up for this marathon. And I'm going to do this every single week. And then I'm going to change my eating habits. And I'm going to start drinking 100 ounces of water. And you go through and you lay out the steps. And people are like, oh, I don't know about that. (laughs) I mean, I was all for getting in great shape. But actually following steps to get in great shape. people don't get as excited because mm-hmm. now there's a there's a process and mm-hmm. the plan doesn't look as great as just like woohoo high five let's get in great shape yeah yeah you know I, I like that you pointed out like okay you know what I want to get in better shape I'm going to sign up for a marathon like well, yeah. that's also <laughs> not the best idea like I think that like there's a lot of people that do this and this is one of the things that we caution strongly against okay like the people that um you know we are real life runners we want to help people to run for the rest of their lives this isn't just about checking something off the bucket list right Right. um and running a marathon believe it or not is not the best way to lose weight and get in shape. No, 100% no. It's just not, okay? (laughs) That there's a lot of other things that you can do more effectively that will lead you to better outcomes with a lot less risk than going from couch to marathon. Like, that is not the best plan. There should be a lot of steps, and we're not here to discourage anybody because we believe that if you want to run a marathon, you should, you know, you should train for it and run a marathon when your body is ready for it. I think that that, you know, that's kind of what we think is that a lot of times people push in, they jump in too soon, right? They just say, I want to run a marathon and then they jump in too soon. Right. And I mean, there's something to be said for going all in on, you know, taking control of your life and your health and everything. But there's a reason why there's a popularity of couch to 5k plans all over the internet Mm -hmm. and not so much couch to marathon plans. Yeah. Like, you, you see people that have done it, like, oh, this guy lost 250 pounds and has now completed mm-hmm. seven marathons. He's not, like, the textbook case. He is the exception to the rule. That's why they point him out. Right. For every one of that guy, there's hundreds and thousands of other people that mm-hmm. were like, oh, yeah, I'm going to lose 150 pounds by signing up for this marathon, mm-hmm. and then their ankles and knees are shot, and right. they're not running consistently. Right. Like, if you start and take productive, mm-hmm. thoughtful steps, yep. that's usually a much safer path to actually long-term improvement. But right. no one's going to write the article of, over the course of seven years, this person lost 150 pounds and took control of their life. Like, I mean, they will. It's, they, it's that, not as, as attention-grabbing, though. Right, but that article does exist. you yeah. know. And, but, and I think that that's the case, though. If they did it over the course of seven years or multiple years versus, like, six months, you know, that's kind of like that biggest loser effect, right? Yes. Like, the TV show in the United States, The Biggest Loser, like these contestants were morbidly obese and they lost hundreds and hundreds of pounds over the course of like what six weeks eight weeks it was it was or 12 weeks maybe it was a very was, short amount of time there was that chunk of time where they like went yeah. home at the end of the show right, and then right. it was like and then the week later but they were home for like so three i think months. they were actually on the show for maybe like 10 to 12 weeks something like something that like i think that. it was like a six month but like to though. drop that much weight in that short amount of time you know what they found after that right is the, the biggest something they call now the biggest loser effect yes which is that the majority of those participants all gained the weight back. Most of them gained more than they yep. had before. Um, and their metabolisms were all shot. That was the biggest one is their metabolism reached like f- right. the floor. So then in order to not put back on any weight, they were eating like a small meal a day because right. otherwise like, like their, their metabolism, metabolism so could low. only process like 600 calories in some of them, right. which was which just crazy. Not, not healthy. Right. So, so, you know, our point is not to discourage anyone from doing a marathon. If that's yeah. something that you want to do, then by all means, we, you know, are 100%. on board, but just do it intelligently. Just do it, build your body up to it so that you can complete it successfully. I think that's the key here, right? Like we want to make sure that people are setting themselves up for success. That's, that's the, the difference here. Like going from couch to marathon in six months is not a good idea. No, I mean, 
Would you rather be the person that says, like, yes, I've, I've done it, at least I've checked that box off, or do you want to actually enjoy the experience? Mm-hmm. Like, don't just look back and be like, well, at least I dragged myself through that. Right. Like, that was a hard thing. Like, enjoy it. Yes, mm-hmm. it's still a hard thing. Even mm-hmm. with proper training, it's a hard thing. Trust yeah. me, I've, I've done it. Yeah. But it, it can be so much more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Like, the smile on my face after my last marathon was, like, there was some pain because yeah. I ran really hard for 26 miles, but I had done it correctly. I had gotten into it. I had trained smart. Mm-hmm. So I was so happy at the end of the race. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And that's the key. You know, like how do you feel crossing the line? I mean, anytime you complete a marathon, you're going to feel amazing, right? Yes. Like, but like there's better ways. There's ways that you don't have to suffer as much. There's ways that your body will hold you and you will feel much stronger during the process of it. And that's yeah. kind of the key here. So, you know, when you start to think about this plan, right? You say, I want to run faster. I want to run longer. I want to get in shape. I want to lose weight, whatever it is, right? Okay. You start laying out a plan, right? And, yep. then, and then you said, okay, do other people kind of start to question your sanity? That's <laughs> that's one way to look at it. But then also, do you question your own ability? And I think that's mm-hmm. where a lot of us fall. Like a lot of us question whether or not we are truly capable. Like we want to say that we are because of, you know, the motivational posters and the, the yep. motivational quotes on Instagram. Like totally. you can do anything. Like she believed she could and so she did. And like, one of my favorites, you know. Yes, it's a but good one. like those are my favorite things. And I do believe those things. I believe that, you know, so much of it is just in our, in our minds. So much of it is just in our heads. And, but that's, I guess where this question is targeting here, right? Like, do you actually believe that it's possible for you? Yeah. Actually believe it. Not just say it, not just be like, yep, nope, I can totally do this thing. But actually when no one's around, when you're not posting on social media, when it's quiet, when you're in like mile three of a five mile, when if you're training for a half marathon, when you're in mile 10 of a long run, mm-hmm. do you still believe it then? Yeah. Like when you're, when you're looking at a schedule and you're like, okay, well I can run three miles and my schedule says that in the next couple of months, I'm going to turn my three into eight. Do you actually believe that's possible? Yeah. When you got a schedule that's like, oh, I'm going to be able to strengthen twice a week and mm-hmm. I'm going to be running five days a week is that a thing that fits into your life? Mm -hmm. Like what, what does that require? What does that actually look like? Mm -hmm. And then are you willing to make that inside of your ability? Mm -hmm. Cause it's in, it's totally in your ability to do it as long as you accept that it is. Right. And I think that this is where the aspect of having coaches and teammates can really, really help a lot of people. Like having a running group, having a supportive community, because, you know, I know that we've heard from a lot of people in the tribe that don't have that supportive community. Their family, you know, are the people that are questioning their sanity. Like, really, do you want to do this? And, And they don't, always have someone else in their life that is encouraging them and, and cheering them on, which is why they find such a, a warm, welcoming environment within the tribe, right? Well, I mean, that, like our, our interview last week yeah. when, uh, when, we had, um, Corey. when we had Corey on, when she ran her half marathon and crossed the finish line, she said there were so many people... That was her full her marathon. Full, her yeah. full. When yeah. she crossed the finish line to the full, there As were so the many people finisher. so many people waiting for her at the finish. And it wasn't just like the race director who was like, come on across the line. Like family had flown in from around the country yeah. to support her crossing that finish line. Mm-hmm. She had full support. Having a group of people who are willing to cheer you on, mm-hmm. who when you say, this is what I'm going to do, they look at you and you're like, well, that's kind of crazy, but maybe it's just that your timeline is crazy. Mm-hmm. Not that the goal is crazy. Yeah. It just, that might not happen next week, mm-hmm. but they're still supportive. They're still there cheering and they're still going to check in with you and be like, hey, about that crazy goal that you have, are you closer? Are you closer today than you were last week? Yeah, because that's that's what you're looking for is yeah. that continuous progress, that support that like, hey, let me lend you a hand and drag you along. Make sure that things are going well. Yeah, because, you know, you want people in your life that are going to be supportive of you, but you also need people in your life to tell you the truth. Right. <laughs> and to also help you question, because sometimes I think that we can get very caught up in the excitement of it. Right. Yeah. But, but sometimes that excitement can sometimes cloud our vision in, you know, not to say that it's not possible, because like we said, it is all of it's possible. Possible. Um, but when done correctly, there's going to be a much higher rate of success, right? Yes. Like, like it's all possible, but you just have to f- kind of figure out like, all right, 
how how can I have the greatest chance of success? And I think that's one of the things that holds a lot of runners back is that they just go out, they push harder, they try to keep going, and then they end up hurt and they just don't know how to successfully get to where they want to go. Yeah, I mean that's that's a big one is they they want the end results. They believe that they can get to the mm-hmm. end results and then there's this gap. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, how do I how do I make it from here to there? And so, I mean, I know for years yeah. I just tried to push. Like I was just like, okay, I need to get this mountain to the top of or I need to get this boulder to the top of that mountain, so I'm just going to shove it really 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 hard. Mm-hmm. And it it didn't move the rock up there meanwhile sitting right next to me was you know a giant earth mover that i could have just driven and picked the rock up and gone to the top of the mountain like (laughs) use use all of your tools like look i i you know it's it's cool if you go out and you dig a hole in the backyard Mm -hmm. like i'm gonna plant a tree so i have to go dig a hole so i picked up a shovel what do you want to use like a little tiny shovel like i could use a spoon and dig a hole or i could actually get the appropriate equipment and go through and get get the dirt out of the way and Mm -hmm. do it or we can ask the kids to do it for us yeah especially (laughs) as they get older we have like two little sleeves now that'll do it for us but but that's the point like you when you have the appropriate tools what you're doing it's going to make any job easier like when you have better tools that job is going to be easier that could be digging a hole in the backyard or that could be running a marathon if you have better tools and if you have a support system right you're going to be able to dig a hole a lot faster if you have 10 people digging at the same time as long as three other people cheering along and someone giving you water like you've got a whole crew support crew right and that's that's the the beauty of of the team aspect is having other people in your corner to cheer you on and also help you to like process things and make sure that you're going about it in the right way like in the best way for you like there's been clients before that we have come to us and they're like I'm gonna run a marathon and we're like eh. we you know and we kind of have looked at their history and we want to you know and then they're like and I'm signed up for one next month and it's like eh. okay <laughs> how can we help them to rethink this, right? Because it's not our job to tell anyone that they can't do it. Like we don't use that word. The, no. the word can't is not in our vocabulary and it shouldn't be in yours. And, and I tell my girls this, you know, all our, our girls this all the time. If they say in any, in the smallest examples, right? They're like, I can't do whatever it is, you know? And I'm like, um, you, can. What, you can do it. Like it's, it's difficult for you. Like, well, they're like, and then they always try to, to like, you know, come up with a come reasoning. up with something. No, they come always try to come up with something that they can't do. Well, I can't fly. And I was like, well, you can on an airplane, Yeah, you know, like there's always ways. Well, yeah, but I can't fly like a bird. I'm like, have you ever tried to build wings? Have you tried hang gliding? <laughs> right. Like there's, there's, there's always a way. Okay. There just are better ways than others. But, I mean, you touched on a very interesting aspect there of difficulty. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people, you know, if you knew that you could get to what you wanted to, why would you not just go get it? Mm-hmm. I mean, this goes to one of the things that you were saying at the beginning of, I want to run faster. Cool. Go run faster. I yeah. want to run longer. Great. Go run longer. So if you knew that you could actually just do the thing, why would you not just do the thing? And a lot of us are caught up in making the excuses to it. Uh, well, I would do the thing, but it's so difficult. Okay, well, think back on your running journey. Yeah. Like, there are things that you can probably do now that mm-hmm. you used to regard as very, very difficult. Like, I don't know how long everybody out there has been running for. I've been running for more years than I want to keep track of. <laughs> I know when I started running that to run for, like, 20 to 30 straight minutes mm. seemed overwhelming. And that just doesn't seem like a big deal right now. Mm. Like... At first, that seemed super, super hard. I know, like, I went out, and I was with my dad, and he was like, hey, we're going to run from here to there, and then we turn around. You're going to get this big tree. There's a sign next to it. You're just going to turn around and come back. I made it to that sign, and uh, then I just stopped and stood there for a little while because that was as far as I could go, and I was probably 15 or 20 minutes of running. Now, I... That's a warm-up. Yeah, no, that's a warm-up. Yeah. I can definitely do 15 to 20 minutes and then knock out a set of quarters. Mm -hmm. You know, if you've been running for a long time, maybe you've run a full marathon. Maybe you've run a half marathon. 20 minutes doesn't phase you, but it was. Yeah. It was difficult. It's just not anymore. Right. So difficult is totally this label that you're putting on something, and Mm -hmm. it all depends on your own perspective. Flip the perspective. It doesn't have to be difficult. It has to be difficult right now. Mm -hmm. But... 
five years from now, you could look back on that and be like, that was not that hard. Now look at what I'm capable of. Yeah. I mean, it goes back to the idea that it's all relative, right? Like everything is relative, like difficult for you now is different, different than difficult was five years ago. And it's probably going to be difficult or different than what difficult is five years from now too, right? Because our lives are constantly changing. We're constantly evolving as human beings. We're constantly evolving as runners, as people. And, you know, so things are just different. Like, and, and we start to learn things, tools, tricks, tips to help us deal with things differently and and difficult now suddenly isn't difficult in a little while right i mean one of your least favorite workouts when you got into running was tempo runs yep and so when i would make plans for you i was like "Mm, maybe we should not put a lot of tempo runs on there because you didn't like them like you were Eh, on running to begin Mm. with and then that was like your least favorite type of workout so I didn't put a lot of them on there now you kind of enjoy a tempo run as much Eh. as a person can enjoy a tempo run (laughs) you know like there's still I enjoy them because I know that they're good for me right right so like even when I'm like in there and I'm like not necessarily enjoying it because it's hard it's like I just have new mental strategies to help me get through it like before it was like my mind was also working against my body yes and now I've found ways to help my mind work with my body to make the tempo run not seem as bad right so now it's still physically difficult but you're over some of the mental hurdles yes and that's that's where the perspective comes in. That's where the labeling comes in. Like, Mm. yes, this is a difficult activity, but it's difficult and it's good for me. So I'm going to do this. Right. Exactly. So, you know, is it difficult, right? That's, that's 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 a a matter of perspective. Um, is it uncomfortable, right? Like you, you, why don't, why aren't you just going out to do the thing? Because maybe it's uncomfortable, right? Some of the best outcomes in life come from stepping into the uncomfortable, right? We talk about comfort zones, how change happens outside of your comfort zone. You're not going to get anywhere in life if you just stay in the comfort zone. If the comfort zone is a lie, (laughs) it's um, a a way that we protect ourselves, right? It's, It's a way for us to not feel you know, challenged. And and the only way that you are going to change in your life is is if you challenge yourself. Because, you know, the problem is when we are in our comfort zone, everything is good. Like, I'm I'm good. I'm here. I know it. And and, and I can stay here for a while, right? Yeah. I mean, my couch is also comfortable, but I don't want to sit on it all day long. Because then your back would hurt. Yes. You know, but I, (laughs) I think that's the key, though, is like, we're much more willing to stay inside our comfort zone is even if what's outside is better because what's outside is unknown. Right. And I really want you guys to sit with that for a second. Think about what I just said. You are much more willing as a human being, okay? That's not just you. It's all of us, right? We know our comfort zone. So even if our comfort zone is not so great, we are much more willing to stay here than to take a step out of it because then you're risking, because then it's unknown. And even if better is outside of the comfort zone, just that initial step of trying to get out of it feels so scary because there's, you know, what are you risking? You're risking judgment. You're risking comparison. You're, you're risking, you think that other people are going to point and laugh at you, right? You risk failure. A lot of people are so um, stuck because of this fear of failure. They're like, well, I'm not going to do that because you know, I'm not worth it. Like, or what if I fail? Um, there's all these messages, these negative messages that we tell ourselves to stay here, stay inside your comfort zone. And that's your brain trying to protect you. Oh, completely trying to protect you. And I mean, if this message is, is hitting home, uh, you should check out one of our other episodes that I think is called Into the Unknown because Disney hasn't made us change the title yet. No, I don't think that we've actually uh, You definitely sang it during the episode. Yeah, I, I've definitely sung it inside of the episode, but I don't, we don't, we didn't actually name the episode okay. that. That's frowned upon? I don't think. Okay. Um, but, <laughs> we can go back and tag that. I mean, shoot. Go back and, and think about things that really paid off in your life. It was things that came with an inherent risk at the beginning of it. Getting up and heading across the room to talk to a complete stranger, mm-hmm. you know, leaning in for the first kiss. What if that's not reciprocated correctly? You know, I got... 
both of these led to very, very good positive outcomes of going over and talking to the girl on the other side of the room. You know, that went well. <laughs> Worked but, out okay for you that time. But risk is inherent in both of those. Running your fastest mile yeah. ever. That's a risky venture. It hurts. It hurts. And you know it's going to hurt <laughs> you beforehand. you know it's going to hurt. And you know that it's possible that it's going to hurt and not end correctly. Yes. Like, it's a possibility that it's going to mm. be amazing, but maybe not. Starting a brand new job, there's some discomfort with that. It could be the greatest job ever. You could see things and change the world and all of that, but not if you don't start yeah. expanding your family. I mean, tell me there's not inherent risk in adding a kid to yeah. the family. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. What does that look like? Right. You know, heading out on your longest run. It's, it's a little different than saying, you know, adding, adding a kid to the family, but both of them are new things that you've never tried before. Mm-hmm. And so both of them are like, Ooh, I don't know how that's going to go. I'm not sure I want to do that. Maybe yeah. I'll just stay where I am because this feels a little bit better over here. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's true, though. And, and the comfort zone, comfort keeps us from being more than we currently are. And again. Yeah. Comfort keeps us from being more than we currently are. Because we're constantly playing this risk-reward game all day long, right? We're constantly saying, okay, I'm presented with this option. So what is the risk and what is the reward? And that's what our brain is constantly doing. Our our, Our brain's like, okay, that sounds cool, but what am I risking? And is the reward greater to actually force me to actually try it? Right, and most of us are really bad about predicting Mm -hmm. both how risky it is and how big of that reward is actually going to be. Like, we tend to overplay risk and downplay rewards because both of them are honestly guesses. Mm -hmm. Like, the uh, what was the name of the Jeopardy champion in the last run that just took over the game? Um, James? James. James Holhauser. Sure. Yep. Um, he he played risk reward and he bet crazy on every daily double mm-hmm. throughout all of it. He like searched through the Jeopardy board, found the daily double, and then risked all of his money almost mm-hmm. every single time. Yeah. Because he knew he could make it up. Yeah. And he was like, look, this is a small risk. I don't have to beat anybody on the buzzer. I'm the only person, and I get this question. I know most of the questions. So it is worth my my money, the points in front of me, to mm-hmm. risk all this. Most people underestimate this. That's why he blew everybody away. Because anytime somebody else would get the, the daily double, instead of taking advantage of it the way he did, they'd be like, mm, I bet a thousand. And he'd be like, mm, I bet $15,000. <laughs> And yeah. so by the end of the game, no one could ever catch him because right. he was so far in front. Everyone, mm-hmm. everyone thought, uh, everyone's going to be looking at me. It's just me that gets to answer the question. Mm-hmm. What if I get it wrong? I'm only going to risk this little bit. Whereas he looked at it and was like, I'm the only one who can answer this question. I'm going to bet all of my money because I know the answer. Mm-hmm. He completely flipped the risk reward upside down. And then he just demolished everybody in that game. Right. Like the payoff was so big for him. Well, because he, instead of seeing it as a risk, he saw it as an opportunity. Yes. You know, that was really the biggest thing because, you know, both risks and rewards are guesses. So how accurate are your guesses, right? Like if before you do something, like if you are doing something new and something different, it's a guess, right? You think that you're risking X, Y, and Z, and you think that the possible rewards are A, B, and C, but what if you're wrong? What if the rewards are so much greater than that? And what if the risk is like nothing, right? Like what if that risk is so minimal and you're just blowing it up in your head so big and the rewards are so much bigger than you think they are? You know, how much have you missed out on because you're evaluating the risk and the reward incorrectly, yeah, I mean, people totally overplay the risk, and it goes back to judgment and comparison. And it goes back to our human brains trying to protect us. At all costs. Yeah. Like, if it's new and it's different, it must be super risky. Mm-hmm. It's not. Like, what if you'd never eaten a chocolate chip cookie before? Ooh, that would be a sad life. Right, but you'd never had one. And now someone hands you, like, a freshly baked chocolate chip cookie, and you're like, mmm, I don't know about that. Yeah. I've never had that before. That might be weird. What if all those little black dots are little ticking time bombs inside? Yeah, I'm going to sit over here with my steamed broccoli. Like, 
<laughs> you're turning down the deliciousness of the freshly baked chocolate chip cookie because it's it's weird and different. Why are you turning down the possibility? Just because you're not sure mm. how awesome it could be, right. you add inherent risk to it. By downplaying the possibility of reward, it automatically adds risk. Like they go together with each other. Mm. So if you blow up how worthwhile that thing could be, uh, you know, take it back to running. How worthwhile could it be to really try and release some of the limits that you're putting on yourself to really train for something, to see how big you could go on something given an appropriate timeline, Right. you know, that just really takes the risks down so mm -hmm. small and blows up the possibility of enormous returns. The rewards are huge. Right. And there's lots of ways that we can minimize the risks of those negative outcomes as well, like following a training plan. Right. And that's one of the getting big... proper shoes, right? Shoes. Oh my gosh. Shoes are huge right like if you're in the proper shoes that can make all the difference in the world especially like getting new shoes like some people just wear their shoes out to the point of no return and then they just keep running in them right and that's just adding so much wear and tear on the body that you don't need to have like how is it worth a hundred dollars for you to go out and buy some new shoes and protect your knees and your ankles and the rest of your body and have that feel better like th this is the risk reward right yeah like for some people they're like oh i don't, I don't want to spend the money on the shoes so it's like well yeah, but the reward is that you feel so much better on your runs. And guess what? When you feel better on your runs, you're going to want to run more. And when you run more, you're going to get in shape better. And when you get in shape better, you're going to feel better about your body. It's like such a huge ripple effect, right? You can say that about shoes. You can say that about a training plan. You can say that about coaching. Like there are ways that you can make your life better and easier but you have to be able to say, okay, yeah, you know what? The reward is so much greater than the risk here. Yeah. And I mean, I think you kind of slid right into our third point of, you know, it's beyond what we have here. It's, it's not, what if it seems too difficult? What if it's uncomfortable? And the third one, maybe it's not that important. Mm -hmm. You know, we say, oh, I'd like to run faster, farther. I want to be stronger. I want to be fitter. I want to be healthier. But do you really? How important is how that important statement is that? to you? You know, and that that connects right to your how willing are you to go into this? Like, yes, there's the risk reward aspect, but if you can also play that risk reward and be like, eh, it's a little risky and it's not that important to me. And you just sort of blow that off as it's not that important. Mm -hmm. And so then a little risk is enough for mm -hmm. you to push it off. Right, because the importance isn't there. Right. Right, and, and then we have to look at why isn't that important to you? And so then we have to take a look at your priorities, right? Like where on your list of priorities is your happiness? Is your health? Like is your fill in the blank, right? Because anything you do in your life, so say it's your career, like we could take this to your career, right? I mean, if you are happy in your career, fantastic. And if you're not, then why are you still doing that thing? And is, is it because you don't know what else you would do, right? Yeah. That that's that's something that's, that's very real for, Shoot, for a lot of people. That goes right back to comfort zone. Right back to comfort zone, right? Like I'm not happy in this job, but I'm going to stay here because it's what I know. I make a decent amount of money. I'm comfortable. It allows me to do the other things in my life, and it's fine. It's fine. It's fine, right? But like, <laughs> why does it have to just be fine? Like, why couldn't it be? better? Why couldn't you feel more alive and do something that you feel really lights up your soul and lights up your, your entire life? Some, something that you feel like you're living your purpose with. And that doesn't have to be your job. It could be a hobby. Like it could be anything in your life, but do you have something in your life that does that for you? And if you don't, why not? Yeah. I mean, people might be listening and be like, well, if, you know, where on your, your priority list is, people might have thought health was going to show up on that one as the first thing. Mm -hmm. Like, where do you put running on your priority list? Because it's a running podcast. And where do you put your own personal happiness mm -hmm. on that list? How many things are you sticking on top of your own happiness with life? And if there's too many, how long until you snap? Mm -hmm. Like, how long can you keep putting other things in front of yourself before you're not really satisfied with your current situation, yeah. which is my next question. Are you satisfied with where you currently are? Mm -hmm. Not grateful. Like gratitude is a totally right. different thing. Well, you could be grateful for everything in your life, right? And yes. we talk about this together and also with our girls. Like we do, we have a gratitude practice every 
um, night at dinner time. Completely. When we sit down for dinner, we say, okay, what are we grateful for tonight? And everybody has to say at least one thing, and there's not allowed to be repeats. You're allowed to be grateful for the same thing as someone else, but then you have to come up with a new thing on your own. I like that rule. Right. And, and we've talked about, you know, it's very easy to be grateful for the good things in our lives, right? And that's typically where our brains go. Like most of the very things much. that we talk about at the dinner table are good things that have happened that day or people in our lives that we're grateful for. But we can also be grateful for the negatives, the quote unquote negatives, right? We can be grateful for the challenges. We can be grateful for those things that have pushed us outside of our comfort zone and made us rethink things, right? The difficult aspects, the yeah. difficult moments of our life. The seeming failures yeah. that showed up during the day because it wasn't a failure. I'm I'm grateful for this time that I stumbled during the day because it taught me this lesson mm-hmm. that I'm going to continue to apply. Or so, I'm grateful that I stumbled even though I don't know the lesson yet. <laughs> I'm sure that there's one coming or that I'll figure it out at some point, right? Right. So so grateful, like we we should all be grateful and show a lot of gratitude because that just that leads to greater happiness. Mm-hmm. But how satisfied are you with with your life? How satisfied are you? Let's go to it for the for the podcast. How satisfied are you with your running? With your overall health? Mm-hmm. How satisfied are you with your general life? Right. Are you where you want to be right you now? Know? And then from that kind of goes I mean, it, it's sort of superficial because it's a lot deeper than this, but it goes into the running shoes. The importance of your health, your running, your life, then there's a level of worth. Like how worthwhile, like mm-hmm. how much worth are you putting to these things? Yeah. If you keep pushing your happiness lower and lower on the list, you're not giving it value. Like you're not saying that your happiness is a worthwhile thing, that there are so many other things that are that, that have greater worth. Right. Yeah. And there's a lot of ways that we can evaluate worth in our lives, right? Like, is it worth my time? Okay. I think that's huge, right? Like all of us have the same amount of time in any given day, right? And so what we're doing when we say, oh, I don't have time for that, right? There's a lot of people, that's one of the most common excuses that people give for not doing whatever it is, right? Yeah. I don't work out because I don't have enough time. Oh, I wish I could run more, but I don't have enough time. Oh, I wish I could cook healthy meals, but I don't have enough time, right? But it's not whether or not you have enough time because we all have time. It's just what you're choosing to do with it. So basically what you're saying when you say that, that statement that, It's not, oh, I don't have enough time. It's that it's not worth my time. This thing is not worth my time. My time is better spent doing something else. Right. And then there's the other phrase around time of um, that you can make time for things. Mm -hmm. Like, sort of. Like, it's still, it's a matter of priorities. Like, you have time for whatever you want to give time to. Mm -hmm. Like, there is enough time. Sure, maybe within your day there are actual appointments and, and meetings and things that you can't move that quote they unquote. yeah quote unquote can't move um but we don't like can't i know um but like like a job for <laughs> instance like there may be working hours i know last year i was able to fit runs during my lunch hour because mm-hmm. of how my schedule worked out like i was able to find time like that's the thing can you find the time can you make the time i don't have enough time time's just a construct mm-hmm. like you can put whatever you want like your life fits into this window and then whatever you want to put into your life just comes along with it you just make the time for the things that you actually want right. what you should want is what brings you greatest happiness and if you're out there thinking well i don't really know what's going to make me happy sure you do like you know what makes you happy because you know what makes you not happy yeah. so avoid that and that's what brings you happiness Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a good thing. It's like a lot of times that people say, I don't know what is going to make me happiest. Well, but yeah, I bet I bet if I asked you what doesn't make you happy. Oh, here's a list of 400 right, things that will piss can, me off. You can start eliminating some of those things, right? And so like with importance comes worth. And that again then goes to, to money, right? Like um, so that's another huge thing that people say is like I can't afford it, right? I don't have the money right now. And this is a real thing right now for people with covid Right? Totally. There are people that have lost their jobs completely. There are people that are on furlough. There are people that don't have the same income that they had. So that is a real thing, and we're not trying to suggest that it's not. But we're also suggesting, okay, where else are you spending your money what, that you might not even think twice about, right? Like, do you have a gym membership? Do you have um, you know, a certain luxury item that you like? You know, What are you spending on 
different items in your life, like without even thinking twice, right? But that, but yeah, when it comes to your health, right? Suddenly healthy food is too expensive. Like, oh, I would like to eat organic, but it's just so expensive. Like there are ways around it, right? Is there something else, you know, in your life that you could kind of trade off because the healthy, healthier food is more important to you. Eating more fruits and vegetables is more important to you, right? Um, investing in a gym or a coach or a personal trainer, it's too much. I can just figure it out on my own. Oh right? yeah, very much figured out on my own. It's, I can get by and mm-hmm. I have, I have all of these things. I mean, money is a big one, especially with so many different things that people can set up on auto pay mm-hmm. that they're not even sure what they're paying for things anymore. Yeah. If it's just like, I don't know, this much money comes in with a paycheck and then all this money just flies away. Well, check and figure out where the money's flying away mm-hmm. and make sure that it's flying to places that are bringing back happiness to you. Mm-hmm. You know, see that, that the money going out is going out to things that are, well, worthwhile. Right. And then maybe things get moved around, you mm-hmm. know. Add, add the the worth. You point out the, the healthy food. This one gets me all the time. People yeah. are like, I can't afford to eat healthy. It's like, well, you can. Where else are you choosing to spend the money? Like I've mm-hmm. got, um, I have students that do this. They come in every morning with their cup of coffee from various places. Right. There's like three or four places that different kids come in with. And they're like, oh yeah. So at lunch, I'm going to get like a bag of French, like the bowl of French fries because that's what I have money for. I'm like, really? Like you just spent $6 on your coffee. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's the same thing like with, um, um, what was I going to say? Help me out here. I'm not sure where you're going. I was just like, I'm thinking like with, you know, with the thing that we choose to spend money on. Oh, that's what I was going with it. Um, It's basically, you know, the idea of. Spend it now or spend it later, right? So this is what I talk to my patients about, right? And this goes with time and this also goes with money, right? I tell my patients, like people that say, oh, I don't have um, enough time to exercise or I don't have enough money to eat healthy. And I'm like, okay, if you don't make that time to exercise now, then guess what? You're going to end up in my office, my, you know, my physical therapy office, you know, three times per week when you're 75 years old because your arthritis in your knees is so bad that you can't walk, right? And I I have to try to teach you how to walk again. Or you've been neglecting your health and eating, you know, such poor food choices that now you have cardiovascular disease or diabetes or a lot of these chronic diseases that are preventable, that can be prevented or at least controlled with healthier lifestyle choices. And so it's like you spend the time now doing the exercise, going to the grocery store, choosing the healthy foods, cooking the healthy meals, or you spend the time later going to the doctor all the time. And so many of my patients are, their entire day is scheduled with doctor's appointments. That's yeah. all they do all day long. Yeah. So the money, money is going out to doctor's appointments. Your entire schedule is going out to doctor's appointments. Mm-hmm. People complain that, um, you know, prescription medication is too expensive. Oh, well, I don't have money to do, to eat healthy because all my money goes to my diabetes medication and my high blood pressure and my heart medication. Mm-hmm. Healthy food would be the medication for those right, things. Right, but, but they've gotten to a point where they where need those can't. medications, they need the meds right? And, and that's, the, that's the issue. It's like you can spend the money now, you can spend the time now doing the things that are going to make a difference later on down the road so that when you're that age, you can live the life that you want to live and you're not limited by having to go to the doctor's five days a week. Like there's so many people that have like so many different kinds of doctors that they're literally going to the doctor three to five times a week. It's crazy. Yeah, I know. It's, you know? it's a lot. It adds up. So anyway, that just kind of t- gets us to the point of like, what is it worth to you, right? What is your time worth? What is your money worth? What do you want to be spending your time and your money on right now to make sure that you are building the life that you want to have for yourself? All right. So I think we, we bring this all together with, so how do we actually run better? Like, how do I go out and run faster? How do I go out and run longer? How do I feel healthier? How do I feel in, in the greatest shape? Because, yeah. you know, we high-fived on that earlier. Like, that's that's what we were going for. Yeah. And it's a matter of taking a step, you know, taking a step forward or maybe taking a step sideways. Maybe if you've always been going down the same path and you're like, I feel f- pretty fit, but I think that I could take it to another level. Maybe just step to the side a little bit and see where that starts to take you. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't need to be this massive overhaul. 
Okay, it just needs to be a little bit of a different path and then follow that one. See where that path starts leading you. Mm -hmm. But think through, make intelligent choices and, you know, maybe get some guidance along the way is is also helpful. If you're not sticking on the same path and you're going a little different direction, it might be helpful to make sure that you have the good support, that you have some guidelines along that path because a new path could be a little, you know, stumbling. Yeah. Yeah. And then... After you've done that, after you've decided to start to take that step forward and maybe try a different path, it's important to actually calculate the risk involved. Like, what is the biggest risk? Is the biggest risk trying something different or is the biggest risk not reaching your goal and then living in the what ifs? Oh, no one wants the what ifs. Do you remember that poem by Shel Silverstein? Yes. That was a great one. That was a really good one. You might have to find that one. Yeah, we could post it in the show notes. Excellent. Um, But yeah, like... Would you rather have said, I, I gave it my best shot, or would you have rather said, I wonder what would have happened if I gave it my best shot? Yeah. Like, I'd, I'd much rather fall into the first category. Like, that was literally my last couple of races, is what if I just really went for it? Let's see what happens. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it works out well. Sometimes it does. And sometimes it doesn't, you know. But are you closer to that goal now, having gone for it, than you were before you started. And I mean, uh, one of the other aspects is who was that goal for? Mm. Like if that goal is for you, then if you strive for that goal with everything you have and you fall a little bit short of it, you know that you're way closer to that goal than you used to be. Okay, so you've already made these massive improvements in your life. And if that goal is really for you, then you don't have to worry about anybody else judging or comparing like, oh, well, they didn't get to this goal and that other person did. No one's worrying about the comparison because that goal was for you. Mm -hmm. So you took the risk, if you will, and and went for it. And then if you didn't make it, you can reevaluate and say, okay, should I go for it again? Mm. Should I try a different goal? Should I try a different plan? That's, that's where having, you know, a support system, having a team around you really helps because it helps you take sort of an objective view of this, of this goal. One, celebrate whatever it was that you accomplished. And then two, decide what your next step is going to be. Mm -hmm, For sure. And then, you know, Another way that you can run better is by stopping your focus on the limitations and instead see guideposts and structure, right? Like this is a big thing is like so many times we look at these things around us and we see them as limitations. Uh, Like what if you just reframed it and instead of that thing being a limitation, be like, okay, um, I only have 30 minutes available in my day and so that's going to be a 30 minute run, right? You don't, you don't have like all the time in the world to like go out and have a nice leisurely 90 minute run. Okay, fine. But instead of seeing that as a limitation, see that, okay, okay, that's where I can fit my, that's where I can fit my run in. And now I know how long I'm running. I mean, I'm sure that I've said this one on the podcast, but that's where, um, like the very popular repeat of quarter miles came from, uh, was, Roger Bannister would do during his lunch break, he had 30 minutes for lunch. Yes, and so he right. would, he would warm up and cool down and then he would do 10 by a quarter. It was one minute to run a quarter mile and then he would take a one minute break. And so that took 20 minutes. He had five minute warm up, five minute cool down that covered his 30 minute lunch and he was good to go back to, back to, um, class and being a doctor. Right. Because like, you know, and, and then there are so many people that afterwards are like, Oh, that's the magic workout. <laughs> right. And there was nothing magic about it. That's literally the only amount of time lunch he had <laughs> and that's what he could fit in. So that's why it became that. Like there was nothing magical about it, but you know, in afterwards it became this like, you know, yeah, suddenly 10 by a quarter at your mile pace right. with a one minute break. That's the thing. And that's then people the are like, thing. no, 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 it's not the one minute break. It's that the running and the break were exactly the same time. No, mm-hmm. it wasn't and it wasn't that it was 10 quarters he would have done 12 if he had a longer lunch break okay so i mean one of the the things the limits people put is i don't have enough time sure you do you just need to fit it into the schedule create a schedule yeah it it's not a lack of time it's that the structure is there that needs a tight schedule that you can fit everything in Mm -hmm. you know oh i'm too old to do this compared to who you know, that goes right to the comparison of, oh, I can't do this. That's for somebody else. That's just already putting a limit on yourself. 
it doesn't mean that you have to be better than anybody else or faster or slower. It's simply what you are going to do for yourself. You have your own goals. That's where you need to live live with. Don't think of them as, as limits. Look at them as structure around you. Right. How do I achieve the best where uh, from where I currently am? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's that brings us to like some of the other excuses that people have. Like, oh, my knees don't work or this thing hurts or I have this Achilles problem. And it's like, okay, well... Instead of just saying that these are limitations on my running and say, okay, how can I overcome these things? How can I build up so that these things don't hold me back anymore? And this is what we help people do inside of the academy, right? Like we're just like, okay, you know what? You should probably pull back a little on your mileage or keep your mileage the same. And let's focus more on strength. Let's focus more on soft tissue mobility. Let's focus on getting your body primed to do the thing that you want to do. Right, because if your knees hurt now, don't think that never exercising is going to somehow magically make them better. <laughs> like, th- this goes to the, you have to put in a little work now so that you have the payoff later that you were yeah. talking about. Is Which is so hard for us as humans. I know, we it would all want is... this the, the answer right now. We would like the treat. We are instant gratification beings. Like, yes. We are, like, our brains are built for instant gratification. So if we don't have the reward and we don't have the reward soon, it's much harder for us to do the to do whatever action it is. Um, all right. So the last thing, um, there are all sorts of excuses out there when that's what we're looking for. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it kind of goes back to the, it's, it's not that important. It's too difficult. Like we can find, if we're telling ourselves that this thing that we want is really, really hard, then you can look around and find a long list of excuses for it. If you overcome those objections that it's not that it's too difficult, it is in fact a very important thing for me, then it makes it so much easier to find how you're going to accomplish it. Mm -hmm. Like if you've put up the block that says, I can't actually reach this thing because it's too hard to get there, you'll find many, many reasons that justify it. If you say, it's going to be difficult to get there, but I can because it is important to me. Now you're going to be able to look around and find exactly how you can get there. Like the world gives you the steps that you want to take. So if you say it's too difficult, the world will say, yep, here's seven other walls getting in the way. If you say it's going to be difficult, but I can probably do it. The world's going to hand you a ladder so you can climb. Yeah. I love that. That's good. And the thing is too, is like, if you can believe that it's possible for you, but you're just not sure how to get there, that's when, you know, coaches or mentors or teachers or other people in your life that have been there before you can help to guide you, right? Like if you've never started a business before, it's helpful to become friends with other <laughs> entrepreneurs that have can lead you in the right direction and say, yeah, 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 I remember when that happened. This is what I did. Here's, here's what happened. You know, if you've never been a parent before, it's helpful to surround yourself with other parents, other mothers, other fathers, right? Like I, you know, before I had kids, I was friends with sing- more single people. And granted, it was like a whole age thing, you know, like <laughs> there, there was, but we had kids before a lot of my friends did, you yes. know? And so that's when kind of my friend makeup started to shift a little bit. Like I started to become friends more with other mothers because they understood where I was at this point in time. And then also like, so it's important to have other people that are in it with you, like your team, right? Your team, other mothers that have kids around the same ages. But then it was also important for me to have other mothers that were mentors to me that I could see who had older kids um, and that I could look up to and say, how did you do that? Like your kid looks like they've done a really good job. You've done, (laughs) you've looked like you've done a really good job mothering this child. What did you do? You know? And so we've been blessed to be coaches of the cross country team ever since our children were little. And we love working with the cross country runners. And we say this every year that the cross country just it just attracts a different kind of kid it, it attracts a different type of person a different type of family and so they're all just very high achieving just good kids good people and so i like year after year had this wealth of information from these mothers and parents of high school aged kids who I knew were good kids. And so I would just talk to them and they became a lot of, you know, what I considered my own personal mentors in my motherhood journey. Right. So you, you surround yourself with a team that supports yep. that knows what you're going through. Mm-hmm. And then the They're mentors in it with you. 
it's not that the mentors aren't in it. Like they're still right. in it. They might just be a few steps ahead. So they can provide That's some guidance, exactly. but they are still in it. Yep. Um, and yeah, because they were still mothers. Like once you're a mother, you'll always be a mother. Period. Right. Same same aspect of like the our Facebook tribe yep. is is super important like is everybody in there is very supportive of each other Mm -hmm. and when we're in there it's not like we're in there of like oh yeah i remember back when i used to run like we're out there still running still trying to achieve things still Still struggling still struggling still having having wins having struggles and can can see where people are can help provide some guidance to Mm -hmm. it perhaps but can also just sort of like ask some questions and be like, oh, have you thought about looking at it from this perspective? Like yeah. we can provide some guidance, but there are other things in there that I can certainly learn from people within the tribe. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah, you you've want, never done an ultra before. Right. So you want, you want some, you want the support, but you also want the mentors, but you need the mentors to still kind of have some skin in the game, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. All right, so if you are looking to do things a little bit differently, find some mentors that understand you, that still have skin in the game, we are looking to help you. We have opened the doors for our Real Life Runners Training Academy this week, and we are running a special for this week only. If you want to enroll, we are offering 30% off both of our monthly and our annual membership programs. So if you use the code PODCAST, you will get 30% off. Go to rlrta.com. That's realliferunnerstrainingacademy.com rlrta.com if you want to find out more information about the training academy find out if it's right for you find out what it includes it includes our real life runners framework which is our proven training method that we have used to help hundreds of runners to really level up and see what they're capable of see what what is really possible for them where their true potential lies and help them to make amazing gains in their running. Like we have people that are just running literally stronger, faster, and longer with less effort through a proven method, through our live weekly coaching calls, through a team of like-minded community members. We, we call ourselves Team Real Life Runners. Um, we're, we were just talking in the tribe the other day. We are going to have some team shirts. Like It is huge what a community, a small community that is there to support you, that knows your name, that understands what's going on in your training, what that means to you. And we offer all of that through our Real Life Runners Training Academy. You can find out more again, rlrta.com. Use the code podcast when you enroll for 30% off. And that 30% off is good from now until the last day that you're a member. Okay. Hopefully you'll be a member for a very long time, but that amount will never expire. Okay. We don't believe in bringing you in at one price and then increasing it later on. If you enroll in the Real Life Runners Training Academy, your price will never change. It will never go up. You will be locked in at that price for as long as you're an active member. So that's rlrta.com. Enroll today in our Real Life Runners Training Academy so you can become a real life runner and truly start to run your life and become the runner that you know that you are meant to be. So as always, guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for making it to the end. We appreciate you spending this time with us. This has been the Real Life Runners Podcast, episode number 146. Now get out there and run your life.